1: Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to be happier. This week we are live from the Brava Theater in San Francisco. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. Usually, I record this podcast from a tiny studio in New York City, but this week I am here in San Francisco with my sister, Elizabeth Kraft.
0: That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in Los <laughs> Angeles. And Gretchen, we're live. Yay! <laughs> hey, everybody! Hey, thanks for being here.
1: Now, we have a tradition on the show that for every 10th episode, we do a very special episode. And this time, we're cheating a little bit. Um, This is actually episode 49, but, you know, whatever, close enough, but this is our very special episode.
0: Yeah, and it's special because I got my hair blown out. Normally... (laughs) Normally, I'm doing this in a deserted office at 7.30 in the morning with just like headset and a microphone, yeah, so yeah. this is different. And I like this. Elizabeth
1: is an eight-person, so for yeah. her, this is much more her yeah. vibe, yeah, so feel good. yeah, we'll do it we'll in uh, the evening uh, from now on.
0: Sure.
1: Um, and so, <laughs> <laughs> so, as always, we're going to have a Try This at Home, we're going to have a Happiness Stumbling Block, and we're going to have two great guests, uh, Habits Expert and Rebel, near ale, and from Google Ventures, Jake Knapp.
0: Both very San Francisco yeah. guys, in so honor of San Francisco, fit right in, yeah. And we're going to talk to two of our audience members to give them a little New Year's resolution boost. And of course, we will have our demerits and gold stars. But it's funny, you know,
1: back in our, our first very special episode, episode 10, maybe one of my all-time favorite episodes, which was when we recorded live in Alyssa's closet as I was helping her clear her clutter, which is like my all-time favorite thing to do. I, I, I love even just listening to that episode over and over again. But. Um, Something that I that we talked about was I pulled a shirt, you know, off of the rod, and it still had its tags on it, and I was like, "Okay, what's up with this?" Because you know, why aren't you wearing it? And you said, "I
0: said that's the shirt I bought for our first live podcast, which I'm sure is going to happen someday." Yes, and she put it uh, out there. I was like, "Okay, it's
1: there. Like, it's happening in the universe. We have the shirt,
0: and this is it. That's it. it."
2: No, it's, it's, it's just re, it, a
0: black, sh- black silk shirt with a big red stripe that I thought would show up on stage. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no, yeah that's no, no, it. it's perfect. It's, it's not th- that special. It's the perfect thing. Um, but, Greg, you're also wearing your special outfit. Yes.
1: I, I'm wearing my Upholder T-shirt, which Elizabeth got me for, for Christmas a couple years ago. And I've got to say, the problem with this T-shirt is I can't often wear it in a place where anybody knows what it means. But I'm like, tonight is the perfect night. I get to, I get to be my proud Upholder yeah. soul.
0: All right. Well, before we jump in, I want to say hi to Adam and Jack who came up from L.A. Yeah. Hey, guys. And...
1: And now for our Try This at Home. Now, our Try This at Home was inspired by the fact that we were coming here to San Francisco, and that is to try to travel without tears because traveling is something that can uh, be a problem, and there's a lot of things that we can do to make traveling simpler and easier. Yeah,
0: I mean, I know for me, like just going to the airport and getting through security is so anxiety producing, I don't want to go somewhere. (laughs) Like, I'm like, oh, I could go to Paris, but I would have to go through security. I (laughs) I mean, I'm serious, it's so unappealing. I don't want to do it. yeah, Yeah. But I will say thanks to you. We discussed on the show that you have TSA PreCheck. Oh my gosh, greatest thing. Which allows you to go through the line faster and I did it.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I you now You filled have, out the form. Yes. You had the interview. I have
0: it. We got our little cards. So I'm hoping this is going to encourage travel in our little family.
1: That's a good example of this: how sometimes, like a little thing, can stand in the way of a big thing. Because you think, like, well, a trip to Paris is so big, I, it couldn't possibly matter this kind of inconsequential stuff that you have to go through. And yet, sometimes those little things prevent you from doing the big things. And so, if you can figure out the, you know, the hack that's going to let you get rid of that, then you can try bigger things. So it's, I mean, it's so really like, important. So, like, what
0: do you think? What are like, what's your, what do you do? Because I'm sure you travel without tears.
1: Well, one of the things that I, I, I cannot wrap my mind around is that the weather might be different where I'm going from where it is where I am right now. I'm like, I simply can't imagine that it would be hotter or colder or snowier or rainier. And so I'm really trying to force myself to check the weather um, so I can pack better. But also I know that no matter where I am going, I'm going to be freezing cold on the airplane. And so I now travel with a giant scarf. And so I can wrap myself in it uh, you know and or like put, wrap my feet in it um so that I'm a little bit warmer that's that's been a big help
0: and then having the right reading material is huge because like for me if I know I'm going somewhere I don't read Us Weekly that week <laughs> I'm like I can't get Us Weekly until I'm in the airport because if I get it I'll read it yeah. so I have yeah. like because I have to have my Us Weekly on the plane
3: yeah yeah going yeah
1: Yeah. Well, no, and I've I've done something to make reading more fun, which is now I used to sort of pretend like I would work on a plane, but then usually I wouldn't, but I would feel guilty about the fact that I wouldn't work on the plane. But now I'm just like embrace it. I'm only going to read for fun on planes. And so now it just feels like so much more fun. I really look forward to it because I'm like, oh, I have several hours of just hardcore reading to do without feeling guilty about working.
0: And then you're the snack fanatic, I know that. You pack snacks.
1: I pack so many snacks. I pack all, so many little bags of almonds, and I also have these Nick sticks, which are, you know, because I'm this fanatic low-carb, yeah, is there somebody? I thought I was Nick the only stuff. one who knew about Nick <laughs> sticks. Um, I'm a fanatic low-carb person, and it's really hard like to get snacks in airports and things because you want low-carb food, and most processed food has is, is got carbs. And these are sort of like healthy Slim Jims. Yeah, and I try I have like a 10 a thing, in my bag. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And do you remember when I was going to Budapest I went to Budapest to shoot a pilot for like a month, and Gretchen sent me like boxes of Nick sticks to pack. Yes. I had like 45 Nick sticks. And, like, this is my loving them, like, gesture. my suitcase. I know, it was so sweet. And I, I did eat some of them, but at a certain point I like, it just it's like too much Slim Jim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: They're not for everyone. (laughs) They're not for everyone. Um, But of course, the most challenging thing that we always face um, is like, what do you actually pack? That is the hell. And um, everybody says, you should make a list. And the fact is, you you should should make make a list. list. Um, it really, it really helps a lot um, and in, to inspire list making, um, I went back and reread Joan Didion's packing list. This is, this is um, in an essay that she wrote for her book of essays, The White Album, which came out in 1979. And this list reveals so much about Joan Didion, so much about her life as a reporter, and so much about what it was like to be in the 70s. So just listen. So her list is to pack and wear, to skirts, two jerseys, or leotards. <laughs> One pullover sweater, two pair of shoes, stockings, bra, nightgown, robe, slippers, cigarettes, bourbon.
0: <laughs> Bag with shampoo, toothbrush and paste, basis soap, whatever that is, razor, deodorant, aspirin, prescriptions, Tampax, face cream, powder, and baby oil.
1: And then to carry, mohair throw, after my own heart, typewriter,
0: two legal pads and
1: pens, files, house
0: key. So, I mean, it says a lot about one Joan Didion, that list, but also about the time. I mean, can you imagine now, like, how many people are packing bourbon and cigarettes? At least the cigarettes, maybe the bourbon. Yeah, and then the typewriter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But, you know, it's funny because In a way, like these packing lists could be like a memento of your life. If you need to think about it in a way to make yourself actually do it, it's like, think about the packing list you'd make for your honeymoon would be totally different from the list you'd make when you have a newborn baby and you're going to visit the grandparents. So it's like if you made these lists and put them together, it's almost like a diary of your life.
1: Yeah, it's like a a little snapshot, a time capsule that can sum up your life in a certain way.
0: Yeah, a period of time. Yeah, a period of time. And of course, Scratch, I mean, remember... Unless you're traveling with a toddler, it could always be worse.
1: <laughs> it could always be worse. Always so be let worse. us know your strategies, um, how you travel without tears, um, because we can all learn from each other about like, how to handle this major hurdle in mm-hmm. our lives. And so now it is time for our first guest, Nier Ale.
0: Near has founded and sold two technology companies, and he writes for many different publications. He teaches at places like Stanford and consults to startups, venture capital firms, and incubators about the intersection of psychology, technology, and business. And I first got to
1: know about Nier's work um, from his blog called Near and Far, and that's N-I-R, his first name, A-N-D-F-A-R.com, where he writes about business, behavior, and the brain. And he wrote a really fascinating book related to habits called Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products. And we're so excited to have Nir here with us tonight. So come on, Nir. Welcome, Nir. Oh,
4: It's it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah,
1: yeah. We're so happy to have you. Yeah. Okay. So just so we know who's in the room. Who here is one of Nier's category? Who's a rebel? Clap if you're a rebel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How about obligers like me? Okay. Upholder. Team Upholder. Oh, wow. And
0: do we have questioners? Okay. So everyone's represented.
1: Everybody. Well, of course. Of course. and as I was coming up with the Four Tendencies, like, we had this conversation, and I just lo- learned so much from you about being a rebel. And in fact, when we, on our podcast, when we did the series on um, the Four Tendencies, we tried to get you on to sort of represent, and, we, and it didn't work out. So I'm so thrilled that we're here, because a lot of rebels emailed us and said, like, you really needed to have a rebel there to like re- <laughs> represent the rebel point of view. That's, you know, you're not you know, doing, us, doing us justice. Um, so... Rebels resist all expectations, outer and inner alike. And you are such a great example of a rebel who really understands himself and can set up situations in a way to take advantage of it and offset the limitations. Like, so for instance, when you were thinking about writing a book, I, when I was talking to you, you were like, you had this book idea. And I said, oh, are you going to try to write a proposal and get a contract?
4: Right, right. So for, first of all, by the way, I want to thank you for, for all the help you've, you've given me over the years. I don't know if you know, how many of you know Gretchen personally, but she's just one of the most genuinely oh, kind oh, and helpful people. Oh, so I want to thank is. you publicly. I haven't had the chance to thank oh, you. So thank deal. you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you. And, you know, your, your question, you assumed kind of as an upholder, like, okay, so what's the, what's the timeline yeah, look yeah, for, yeah. you know, the book proposal? And, you know, how many pages into the proposal? And when is it going to get into the agent and all that? Yeah. And I said, no, 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 I am not writing a book proposal. That's just not how I do things. You know, I'll write the book, and then they can look at it, and if they like it, they'll buy it. And if they don't, they won't. Uh, so that was very much, you know, I didn't want to go down that traditional path of, of needing someone's approval before I could actually do the work I wanted to do.
1: And I remember you saying something like, well, if, if there's, like, if, they're, if they give me deadlines or something, it's going to feel like an assignment. That right. they're, they're, like, bossing me around, and, like, I want to do it out of my feeling that I, I'm choosing to do it.
4: Right. I knew that there, was, there would be no way I would write the book so 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 if it was a job, if it felt like work, and so the best way to get a rebel to uh, to demotivate a rebel is to give you know deadlines and micromanage, yes. and so that's exactly what I did not want.
0: And it seems like the very nature of what you're you're doing and coming up with this process probably came out of being a rebel and yeah. not liking the fact that you're noticing that you're being controlled by outside the, the trigger, the whole you know. The, Absolutely. The steps.
4: I mean, the the you know this. I think this my fascination with. control uh, control control over us came from, you know, I used to be uh, clinically obese uh, as as a a kid. Uh, Up until my teens, I was clinically obese. And so uh, it wasn't until I understood, wait a minute, actually this isn't all my fault. A lot of the food that was being advertised uh, at the time and kind of what we all used to eat in our childhoods, you know, this it has such a profound impact on our bodies that we don't even realize it necessarily. And so that's kind of where this fascination started. And so then as I, as I got into the technology industry and I saw, wait a minute, you know, what is it that compels us to check Facebook, to check our email? Uh, with, with little or no conscious thought, out of habit, again and again throughout our day, I wanted to dig deeper and unpack what was going on. There's this old uh, saying that you teach what you most need to learn.
0: Ah, yeah.
4: Research is me search.
0: And I appreciate that you're always talking about <laughs> the ethical, how when you're helping someone figure out how to form something, how to make a habit forming product, that you want to think is this even an ethical thing to be doing?
4: Right, right. Yeah. So that's incredibly important. I mean, the whole point of the book was to help people uh, build products that create healthy habits in users' lives. But then the book, to be honest, is also a bit of a Trojan horse. That There's a little bit of a secret there in that, you know, I think uh, the Silicon Valley app maker will buy the book thinking, okay, I'm going to make the next Facebook. But then when they read the book, they kind of realize, wait a minute, you know, they realize two things. One, how can I use this responsibly? And I talk about that in the book. You and too. then you two, too. wait a minute, this is being done to me, right? right. <laughs> that that uh, these products are habit forming, not by accident, they, it's by design.
1: Well, in another way, something that was I heard from you for the first time, but then I've since found is a very common pattern among rebels: is that when you apply to school, you would only apply to one
4: school. So, right.
1: what, what, what was That's up with crazy.
4: that? Right. <laughs> I, you know, so I did that for undergrad. I did that for business school. Yeah. I did that for law school. I didn't get into law school, so that strategy doesn't always work. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, undergrad, I just I had one school. They were going to accept me, or I wasn't going to go. And the same thing with with business school. I was doing something else that I was happy and, and to do. And so,
1: why do you think that that works for a rebel? Like, why does that suit the rebel? The rub, the rebels want choice and freedom and to like be expressing themselves. So why did that, why does that approach work for a rebel? So
4: there's this psychological phenomenon called reactance yes. that we all have. We all uh, do have it, yes. Right, even so for Apolder. different degrees we all have this this um, tendency to rebel—we all have that in us—that uh, you know, when your when your mom tells you to put on a coat when you're a kid, and you say, "Don't tell me what to do," or your boss micromanages you, this feeling of reactance causes us all to rebel. And I think maybe in some people it's particularly—you yes. uh, know—it uh, affects some more than others. <laughs> and so being able to control that, being able to say, "Look, you know, it's going to be my choice to go, and uh, I've got other alternatives," is something that I think uh, you know, was part of that psychology.
1: So instead of putting your like saying, "Well, there." It's going to be this this whole process that I'm going to be involved in. Um, it's like I'm going to pick what I want, and then I'll, it'll either work out or it won't work out.
0: The, but it's sort The concept of, within... of safety school was not not in your vocabulary. No,
4: no. I, I think it, a lot of I think what motivates uh, me is doing it my way right and
1: and how about a, like working with a boss because a lot of times you're you're the boss and 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 so how do you work with a boss be a boss how do you feel about that as a rebel
4: right so i, I think working for a boss so i remember my first job out of college i was a consultant uh at a big consulting firm and i had this fantastic boss named terry who uh gave me this wonderful project and he said look you know there's this uh there's this big problem i don't know how to solve it i don't have time to solve it here you go you take it you run with it come back to me in three months with an answer Perfect. I did my best work under those so circumstances. So that's that
1: for a rubble, a challenge. I trust you. Go for it. No supervision, blow me away. Right. Yeah. He said,
4: Ca- call me if something gets in your way. Other than that, I'm not going to check ah. up on you. Awesome. Loved it. I thought I was going to be a consultant for the rest of my life. <laughs> Until Terry left the company and I got a new boss. And this boss wanted to micromanage me every single day and check out my work and see you know, see how my progress was coming. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it.
0: So how long did you end up quitting? Yeah. yeah.
4: I end, ended up leaving and started my own company.
0: And now, when you have employees, do you, are you able to sort of see, oh, this, these people need deadlines? They need direction and give them that if they need it? Or do you expect everyone to do it your way and be totally self-starting? And-
4: well, I, I think the best uh, teams that I've seen where there's a rebel, uh, it's a rebel on their own is actually not that effective because... Um, you know, we don't, we don't like all the little management details and right. the deadline. Right. That, that stuff doesn't work well. We, we like the big picture stuff. Uh, and so uh, I've started three companies now with my wife. Ah. And so my wife is very much an upholder. Ah. She kind of balances out that, yeah. that part of me. And together we're a fantastic team. I mean, you know, working together with your spouse is not something that works for everybody, but it really works well for us.
1: Well, so we're not requiring it. Um, but if you felt like it, if you <laughs> yes. were in the mood to do it, if it sounded like like, if you so
4: choose. <laughs> yeah. If you so choose. Yes. Which, by the way, is an amazing persuasion technique, right? They've studied, we've, we've had studies of, of uh, uh, there was this great study done in France where they ask uh, somebody for bus fare. A researcher walks up to a person at a bus station and says, can I have some money for bus fare? And by just adding the words, you're free to choose right can i have some bus fare but you're free not to choose not to give me money they increased the number of people who gave them money by just adding those few words, dramatically. Wow. But
1: also, there's other studies where if you just give a reason, this goes to the questioner tendency, if you just give a reason, like, and they did a study where if you were saying, like, there was like a long line at a copier, and they would say, can you let me cut in line? Because I need to make some copies, which is actually makes yeah. no sense at all. <laughs> everybody right? needs everybody, to make everybody copies. Everybody needs to make copies. But if you, say, if you say, can I cut in line? People would say no. If you said, "I need, can you let me cut in line? Because I need to make copies. People will let you in. So that goes to, so this is, these are the little ways that we can uh, take Advantage of people's tendencies,
0: <laughs> but having said all that, if you had a try this at home tip for our audience, we'd yeah, love to yeah, hear. You have a try this at home. Our
4: oh, so I've got I've got tons of these. I mean, specifically around like technology use and how to form habits, how to not to form habits. But one that I, I just wrote, wrote about recently on my blog uh, that, that that people found kind of disturbing <laughs> <laughs> was uh, so I call it the burn or burn technique. So a lot of what I write about in the book is about how to form relatively easy to do habits, right? things we want to do. Nobody makes us use Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. So that's one category of habits. But then there's this other category of habits that are really you know, hard to do, things you don't like doing. And so one thing that's been a real challenge for me over the years is going to the gym. Mm-hmm. I just... I just don't like going to the gym. <laughs> I don't like the, the, the way, well, some people seem to. I those people are crazy. But anyway, the whole scene, the smells, it's just not for me. But I, I want the results, right? I, I want the benefits. So I started using this, this pretty simple technique uh, where I take, I take some money, uh, I take a $100 bill, and I tape it to my calendar. By the way, this has to be done by me, right? If somebody else told me okay. to do this, this wouldn't work at all, right? right, right, right. And so so this it's is, not
1: accountability to somebody no, else. No, 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 this that would not, that's never yourself. worked for yes. me,
4: right? I, I don't like being accountable to, in this circumstance, to somebody else, but it's because I choose to. So I take this $100 bill, I put it on my calendar, and I can only move that $100 bill one of two ways. Either I move the money because I did the activity that I didn't really want to do but I know I, want, I need to do, or I have to burn the money. You wow. burn it? Well. <laughs> So I wrote this article and so people said, <laughs> wow.
0: People said,
4: that's crazy. Not only is it illegal, right? How wasteful. Yeah. I've never burnt the money, right? That's ah, the point, you, you know, you always become, make it. You, exactly. You just do the activity. I just go down and I, I do the exercise. And in six months of doing it, I've never burnt the money. It's a way it's a, it's an accountability device. To yourself. To myself.
0: Would, so. but you would burn it if it came? He's a rebel, of course he'd burn uh, it.
4: Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I'm also cheap. <laughs>
0: Well, that's great.
1: That is a fascinating, fascinating to try this at home. So thank you so much, Nir. Let's give it up for Nir. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
0: Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: So now it's time for our happiness stumbling block. And again, i uh, like to try this at home. This happiness stumbling block was inspired by this evening. And it is about the happiness stumbling block of public speaking. It turns out this is a very, very common stumbling block. And when they do surveys of American adults, it turns out that a fear of public speaking ranks higher than fear of death,
0: <laughs> which I completely relate to. And we'll get to that, um, Gretchen. Now, I know you hate watching yourself. Yes, so oh you're you're very you're a great speaker, but you hate watching yourself, and what we want everyone to know is they're never as bad as they think they are and you yourself need to learn that lesson Um, so henry has gotten us a clip of you from 2000 on the today show It was your first big tv appearance with matt lauer oh my gosh and you were talking about your first book power money fame sex a user's guide and let's take a look at you 15 years ago
2: you also
1: say that once people achieve power it's a good thing a good thing to flaunt it Yes, you want to demonstrate your power and show that you have the power. For example, you want to consume resources. You want to make demands. So ask for things. Ask for a cell phone. Ask for a laptop.
2: Immediately people at home are saying like that. That's a despicable (laughs) type of person who does. We hate people like that. But you're saying it
1: does work. It does work, and I don't think it's despicable to ask for a cell phone. But if you're
2: overly demanding and you flaunt your power, you make other people feel less powerful.
1: Right, and that's why this guide can be useful, because you can understand what other people might be doing and and understand how you can guard against it.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right, well, I mean, the hair is noteworthy, for sure. And I love that um, asking for a cell phone it was, was a big power move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was 2000. 2000. It's, it's a like a bourbon time. and cigarettes. Yeah. yeah totally. It's like, <laughs> definitely. Totally. Uh, but, you know, I mean, look, the whole, the whole public speaking thing starts early. I mean, I remember in school, we had to give oral reports in elementary school. Like, I still remember, the, you know, the moments before I went out for my speech on the pyramids, you know, like walking down the aisle and getting up there. And like and it was and, epic. Yeah, oh it was. Talked about it for weeks. And even now, like Jack at his school, I think people have really figured out that this is something we need to work on because even starting in kindergarten, he had to get up in front of the whole elementary school and wow. say, Oh, my birthday's on this day and I'm turning this amount old. And it's like they start them so that by the time they're in sixth grade, you see these kids getting up and, you know, doing little speeches and not even, you know, breaking a sweat.
1: Yeah. So part of it is, you know, start early if you can. But then and the other thing, like, so the classic thing that everybody says, and again, it's extremely true, which is that prepare. You know, like, think about what you're going to do and, and, you know, practice it and be ready instead of trying to wing it.
0: Yeah, like, I think what some people do, this comes up a lot in wedding toasts, is they know they have to give a toast and they're nervous about yes. it. So they decide, I'm gonna wing it. I'm not gonna think about what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna speak I'll just from the heart. I'm gonna have like three glasses of wine and get up there <laughs> and speak from the heart. And it's never a good idea. So if you've gotta speak in public, think about what you're gonna say. Face your fear so that you don't end up kind of making a fool of yourself in the moment.
1: Well, you're, I mean, you give a great toast. Oh, well, thank you. And you you, really prepare.
0: Thank you. And I dread it every (laughs) single, I mean, when I get to a wedding until the rehearsal dinner is over, I'm just like a basket case. No fun. I I can't have fun until after the rehearsal dinner.
1: Well, beyond the preparation, one thing that I found uh, the hard way is like, if you are a woman not to wear shoes that have like a high narrow heel because Mm. if your knees get a little bit shaky with nerves and you're standing with like a a narrow heel your whole you feel like you're going to fall over and it's like really really just it makes everything worse and then also think about what you're going to wear and you don't want to wear a shirt where if you lift your arm to point to a slide or something like that there's going to be this giant stain my Um, silk probably (laughs) not
0: the best idea you should have told me that when you found it in my closet. Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah,
1: when you identified that a year and a half ago, yeah, yeah you weren't thinking it. Um, yeah.
0: And then and also you can sort of prepare your body. You can sort of put your shoulders back and jump and swing your arms and like and just loosen up.
1: Yeah, yeah. And here's something that was really interesting that somebody told me, and I've really found it to be true, is a lot of times when they say that you're feeling anxious about something, you should take deep breaths. But what this person said is, like, don't focus on breathing in, focus on breathing out. Because if you breathe in, you can kind of start to feel panicky, like, <gasps> like this, but if you focus on breathing out, it's very calming, and you have to breathe in in order to breathe out, but there's something about that that, yeah, right?
0: But uh, just talking
1: about this. Or you pass out on the floor. Yeah. Also relaxing. That
0: gets you out of it. Um, <laughs> then you're, then yeah. you're home free. I'm going to do that my next test. Uh But just talking about this is making me like so nervous and like I'm sweating. Um, even though I, did, I, did, I followed my own advice before the show and took a beta blocker. I've talked oh, about this on the show. You've talked about beta blockers. If you really have a hard time public speaking and your hands shake and your voice shakes, which does happen to me, um, take a beta blocker. It doesn't mess with your mind. It just blocks adrenaline. And it just keeps you calmer, so that you can just sound like yourself instead of like a crazy neurotic freak, yeah. <laughs> which I've done yeah. many times.
1: But so here's something also: if you're not organized enough to get your prescription for your beta blocker in time, weirdly, research shows <laughs> well, that um, that can
0: happen. <laughs> um,
1: over-the-counter pain medication can also help because. Strangely, emotional pain and physical pain kind of run are, are, run along the same tracks, and so if you take just a pain reliever, that will help with emotion, you know emotional pain, and so that's something to do. But here's something you kind of like to take it into a completely different direction, which is to embrace the stress. Kelly McGonigal wrote this really interesting book called The Upside of Stress. And she said, you know, a lot of times people think that all stress is bad and that we should that we should feel stressed about the fact that we're stressed. You know, like I have to not feel stressed. And she said, actually, if you, if you think of the stress, well, the stress is your body trying to prepare you. And to say things to yourself like, well, I'm so excited to be giving this wedding toast. I'm so pumped to be giving this toast. You know, and I'm pumped. And I'm feeling pumped because my body's trying to help me to be alert and to stay focused and to get me into a state where I'm going to take the time to prepare because I'm a little nervous because I'm feeling so pumped. Um, And so if you think about the stress as something that's actually helping you, instead of feeling like you've got to rid yourself of all the stress, then you just sort of have a different attitude toward it.
0: Well, and so much to me always comes back to one of your uh, things from the Happiness Project, which is living in an atmosphere of growth. And I think like, look, if you're never going to do anything that makes you really nervous, you're never going to do anything like I remember when I was in high school, I won like a little just class extemporaneous speaking contest. And then, in debate, and then the, the coach was like, okay, Liz, well, you know, your reward is you get to go do this for the whole school. <laughs> I, I went home and I said to dad, I'm like, dad, this happened, I'm not doing it, I'm just gonna have him give it, I'm just gonna have the next person in line do it. And he was just like, darling, you have to do it. You can't not do it, oh no. And I was like, oh God, I'm not getting out of this. He was like laying down the law was like as bad as riding a motorcycle. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, One yeah, of his main it. rules. So I I did it. And it was, you know, horrible, but I did it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you felt better. Um and then of course the better the thing that really helps is if you have an editor yes. like Henry, who can go through anything you've said and make you sound much better.
0: Yes, because uh, just from episode forty-eight, yeah, the last episode podcast we recorded, I think Henry has a little sample of how we how we do without how an How he works his magic.
1: Um, and so, um,
0: um, that's to me, like, um, I mean, I have, of course, aside from the whole, uh, frame, um, from, uh, well, it's
1: also, it's like, you know, you
0: know,
1: um, of like, you know, and, 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 and do the, um, oh, it's awful. Can you start that again.
0: So maybe sometimes you are as bad as you think you are. In this case, I think we're, we really have some problems to work through. Thank God for Henry. Thank
1: you, Henry. Well, so that, that's it for this happiness stumbling block. Um, and now we're going to talk to Jake Knapp. Jake Knapp is a designer and facilitator here in San Francisco. While working at Google, he designed a design sprint, which is a five-day process to help teams answer big questions in just five days. And it was been used in the development of everything from Gmail to Chrome now jake is a design partner at google ventures where he's run more than 100 sprints with google venture portfolio companies
0: of course what i love about jake is that he was featured on an episode of the podcast startup which i am obsessed with yes we both because love it they gimlet media did a sprint and and jake was there for that and he's written this amazing book called sprint how to solve big problems and test new ideas in just five days And I love this book because it's basically one giant, five-day-long, try this (laughs) home.
1: Absolutely. Um, So please help us welcome Jake Knapp.
0: He's also the tallest designer. One of the world's tallest tallest (laughs) designers. (laughs) I think that's hey, high
2: enough. We'll see. Well, I, I really uh, wanted to thank you guys for having me on, and and thank you for doing that big thing on public speaking anxiety. While oh. I was waiting okay. to come on, oh, yeah. that were was you really great. Yeah, were yeah. You yeah. I was trying anything? to breathe and like move, and I just was getting more and more anxious. So we'll see. Anything <laughs> could happen now.
1: Okay, <laughs> we're so happy. I know talking
0: here. about public speaking turns out it makes you more nervous, not okay. less. Okay, okay. Just well, that's letting you know. that. Okay, so that's a happiness yeah. stumbling block that okay.
1: next time we we, we will remember. Um, now, Jake, we, we, I, I found out from you that you're a questioner, which makes perfect sense, um, because, because reading your book, it's clear that you're super interested in inefficiency and making things more efficient and work better, and, um, and you're very focused on the habits of creativity and productivity, and so you've looked at so many of the things that weren't working. What are some of the kind of standard workplace habits that you think don't work, that need to be fixed?
2: One of the biggest things that happened, and I first noticed this when my oldest child was born, uh, I sort of realized that every day I was at work, I wasn't at home with him. I was missing a day of his life. And so it it really ought to matter what I was doing at home. And I looked at my calendar, you know, in the week, and it's just filled with meetings, like meetings that I scheduled and meetings that other (laughs) people scheduled and In order to get anything done, I kind of had to weave around that obstacle course. And that sort of culture of meetings, it makes sense that we you know, want to work with each other and get things done, but it's not actually a sensible way to do that. So just the idea
1: of meetings itself is sort of broken.
2: Yeah, they don't really tend to have much of a strategy, and they don't really play well for how we solve problems at our best. So some people solve problems really well on their own. Some people solve problems really well when they're able to share information. And in a sprint, we oscillate between those two modes. We kind of find the ways to get the best of working together, the best of working uh, you know, by yourself and having a long time to think, the best of sort of breaking things down into steps. The normal way we usually work, we kind of have to make it up as we go.
0: So you see what the company is and what it needs. What's the sort of core idea like of the sprint?
2: Yeah, the big idea with the sprint is you've got a big problem or okay. a big question or even a new idea that you want to test and you get a team of six to seven people, you clear a week, and in that week, you go through the, the steps of, of the process, and by the end, by Friday, you've got a, a finished, realistic-looking prototype, and on Friday, you test it with your target customers. Now, customer is a broad term. It could mean students, it could mean your actual customers, but um, by the end, you, you sort of know. Is this idea in the right direction? And then the next Monday, you have clarity. You know kind of, what should we do this week? Where do we go with this idea?
1: Well, the thing that was amazing to me about about this process is, is like, it's so specific down to like, use yellow post-it notes, not yeah. other colors, because it's like too much cognitive load to like use the pink and the purple.
0: Just use yellow. I mean, and it yeah. seemed and like I appreciated the whiteboards because oh, I've yeah. a, I have five whiteboards in my
2: office. Yeah, they can't and, be oh, too big. I mean, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but it, but it seemed
1: like just reading it like sometimes when people like have books like this that describe processes you think that they just like sat in in an in, at their desk and kind of made up what they think makes sense and I was like this is some it was like literally what to have for lunch <laughs> like yeah. what yeah. the <laughs> snacks no burrito like, yeah, this, this is somebody who's done this a hundred times and made every mistake and learned everything like these kind of pens make people write too much and these kind of pens are better and I mean it just it, it just seemed like you'd figured so many things out about yeah
2: well I'm a big office. Supply nerd. Oh, I gosh. mean, anyone. anyway. Yeah, so <laughs> now, How many people
1: here love office supplies? Of yeah. yeah.
2: And, uh, you and, you know, there's, a lot, there's been a lot of mistakes along the way to, uh, to coming up with this process. I've been, I've been sort of on this quest for years. Uh, my son is 12 now. So, <laughs> okay. uh, and, uh, you know, there was, a, there was a day when we were doing a sprint and there's a restaurant uh, in San Francisco, in San Mateo, maybe some of you know it, Curry Up Now. And they have, okay, yeah, some people know it. It's, uh, it's Indian food in a burrito made out of naan. And oh. we, that's what we had for lunch. Oh. But then in the afternoon, we were like, we needed naps. I yeah, mean, yeah. we were like... <laughs> we were comatose. It's, you know, you have to digest that floor. food. So there's rules about lunch. I mean, everything like you, you can optimize your uh, your problem solving capabilities and your creativity, but you need to follow steps. And I think it's actually kind of helpful to have Oh yes.
0: to You know what I'm curious about is hearing Gretchen talk about the personality tendencies. I mean, you must get in there and certain people are just sort of pushing back against you, not wanting to go with the program. Or, or does that not happen
2: you know what's surprising, and this does surprise me because i I think I would be a jerk in a sprint because i 'm a questioner, like, but um, yeah, why are th- we doing this why yeah we well, know? I think what happens is it it's actually freeing to have those rules i mean it's it's like you don't have to think about. How to you know what do we do next? Should we talk about this? If you have a reasonable amount of confidence that if we follow these steps, we're going to get done. It actually frees you to solve the problem, and that's a lot of work. You don't have to do the work to coach yourself and keep yourself from being distracted. And
1: well, one you know, thing you always do is you explain why you're making certain recommendations. Why I use this kind of pen? Why I use this color post in it? so I mean, it, it they aren't random. they're not arbitrary. They're very they come out of deep experience. Showing that, like, if you make this is the best way to make these decisions. They're optimized. Very, very questioner.
2: Pins matter. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I love the the specificity of it. It's just like so gratifying.
2: Well, I've, uh, I've read a lot of books and learned from a lot of books, but I, I never quite knew at the end of most books, actually, your books are an exception, but exactly what I should do next. How should I apply this? You know, Nir does a good job of kind of telling you here's yeah. the steps yeah. to yeah. do it. But often there's a philosophy, but not a way to practice it. And that was kind of what we were looking for.
1: Well, were, you, were, you, were you kind of amazed as you were developing it that in five days, people really could go from like a kind of a big, vague, overwhelming question to actually answers and this is how we're going to proceed?
2: For sure. I mean, at first, the thought was just to sort of make a little bit of progress to come up with some, you know, a collection of rough uh, sketches. And a week is kind of the maximum amount of time you can ask people to clear on their calendar to okay. do something. You know, yeah. if you want, if you right. want a diverse team of people doing different kinds of things, you want to get them together. You know, if you imagine like Liz, if you imagine, I don't want to wish you any ill, but if you got squirrel flu or something next right. week and you were just out, you know, you'd yeah. call and you'd say, I've got squirrel flu and everybody say it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Liz won't do anything next week it's kind of like that like you're out for a week right. but it's not crazy and um, what happened was as we started to like perfect and perfect the process we realized god we can get more and more done if you optimize right, yes. the way you make decisions so that you don't spend hours discussing things but instead you're you're voting and instead you're turning the decision over to the decider to just get it done then pretty soon you're, you're accomplishing a whole lot more and then of course when you have a deadline when you know people are showing up on friday you will get something done because you don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah.
1: Well, do you find that, that like the idea of brainstorming, which like a lot of people believe in brainstorming, that's a, that's a habit that many people think is like helps with creativity and productivity? But
2: yeah, and I actually spent a lot of time trying to optimize group brainstorms and thinking what's the way to sort of make this work. And uh, what what I found was that I couldn't make it work. There uh. were there were good ideas that came out, but they weren't as strong as the ideas people came up with. On their own, and
1: oh, interesting! Uh,
2: I think part of it is because people need a long time to think. Group brainstorms often optimize for people who are good at selling their idea and you know making it sound appealing, or you just think that they're a smart person, so you you go along with it.
0: That's totally true. In my job, is I work, <laughs> and basically brainstorming is like eighty yeah. percent of what I do. It's like everyone's constantly talking about ideas for, for show, you know, for right, the right. plot of the show, and so often the most confident person you know, wins and the shy person who's more of an introvert, their ideas just don't get even noticed. Somebody else has to be a hero and sort of say, hey, what about that person's idea? That is a
2: huge deal. And so a big part of what we try to do is to get people working quietly, putting up their ideas and then evaluating them without knowing whose is whose. And so that, that goes a long way to elevating the ideas. And it makes people put more thought into their ideas too when they know it's gonna be evaluated that way.
0: And it's like, some people just like to hear their own voice, so... Yeah, I'm one of those people, yeah, for I mean, sure. Yeah, too, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but you. But I mean, these these
1: processes matter because we all we a big part of happiness is feeling productive and efficient at work, and feeling like your ideas are moving forward, and that the best ideas are going to win, and um, and just that feeling of of excitement that can come when you're doing good work. But it can be hard, especially when you're working with teams where there's like all different styles, and you know, it's Ab- not easy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. When I when I kind of set out on this sort of journey, I I felt dissatisfied with going to work and feeling like it wasn't time well spent. It wasn't working. Yeah, and and by the end, um, you know, but now in a sprint, you know that you're focused on the most important thing. You know you're getting the best from your teammates and kind of from yourself as well. And um, and you know how the decisions were made. So it just feels like it's, it's the best kind of work, work that matters and work that feels productive
0: and I'm just curious what's the thing that just surprised you most most of this 12-year journey that you sort of would never have thought in terms of human nature or habits or whatever how people get to the end of this process
2: well I think one of the things that's uh that's kind of surprising is actually how you know you talked about how many steps there are in the process but I've been really surprised by how many people were able to do it without us there. I mean, I think oh, yeah. we kind of hoped I sort of helped that I was the magic ingredient. And if I was there, <laughs> yeah. you know, showing them how to do it, then it would be so, you know, possible. <laughs> impossible. Um, we, we wrote some blog posts about it. And we kind of heard back from people all around the world who were who were doing it and saying, like, this is great. Like, it's working and wow. work, work is fun. Like, it's fun when we work this way, which is kind of the impetus for writing the book. But um, that's been surprising. Like, it. If you give people some steps, they're kind of they'll welcome it and they'll they'll do things that are really surprising.
0: Well, I love hearing that because just after I read the introduction to your book, I have a writing partner and I said, I just read the introduction to this book, Sprint, and we've got to do this. Oh, awesome. Because, you know, we come up with pitches like we'll come up with a show idea and we have to go pitch it to a bunch of executives. And it can take weeks to and months just to meander around. And obviously we can't do the exact steps that you have because right. it's a different sort of medium. But I'm like, we gotta or do this. Or can a, you? Or can <laughs> we? Well, we certainly have the whiteboards and the post-its, I'll tell you that. Um, and I'm like, okay, next week we gotta do a sprint, so I'm gonna do one
2: next week. Okay, well, let me know how so it goes. I will, yeah, You don't need me there. Apparently, have, have,
0: you
1: see, have you seen people it to a lot of different circumstances? Like, are or, or workplaces really different and tasks are really yeah,
2: different? Yeah, I think the, um, the biggest hurdle for people to overcome is to figure out what's who, who's our customer and um and and you, you know customers kind of a sounds no, like because a business, like with but,
1: elizabeth is her customer a viewer or an executive
2: well that's you know. a, that's a very good question
0: <laughs> that's
2: a conversation from monday right yeah you need to figure that out right right uh and then make a note and then uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah make it uh, yeah and then and then the other question is how, what is your prototype what form is it going to take so for the executive What's the, what's the thing that you can test with them that will be realistic, but doesn't require you to do all of the work? So you might need to test, I mean, I don't know if this would work, but it might be like the front, the front page, the first paragraph or, you know, it's a, it's a piece of it. And it's a piece that's completely realistic. It's not a, you know, a, a wireframe sketch. No, it's
1: like the log line where it's just like,
0: yeah, in a world. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. No, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, we could we could certainly test it on people. That's scary, but yeah, it's scary. It is scary. It yeah, is. That's it the is. hard part. It, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah,
0: but that's what it, I mean. Ultimately, that's what you're doing. So it's like save yourself the tears you, later. Yes. Um, just have the tears now. Yeah, you save that problem.
2: Either I mean, way, right? It's yeah. true. I mean, sometimes the sprint is painful, but it's it's a very efficient pain. What well, if It's it very, it's, in it's in very like yeah. It's very right, packed right. in there. Yeah. 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 You don't yeah. want to spend months or a years working on a hunch that turns yeah. out to be wrong. So you find out very fast
0: that's great
1: Um, okay so Jake whenever we have a guest we ask them to share a try this at home if they have one so what would what's your try this at home that you would suggest to our listeners
2: okay so my try this at home is um, perhaps surprising because I do a lot of work with uh, with the internet as a a (laughs) sort of a a computer nerd so
0: unusual
1: around here yeah Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah but my my try this at home is to turn off the internet and ah. I, have a, I have a couple specific suggestions for how to do that. So um, the internet is a, is a problem for me. So Nier talked about being you know hooked on on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and and you know even email is a problem for me I can be distracted by almost anything um, and so for Nier, you know, you know Nir kind of like would look inwardly and see all of the complexity in his inside of him and I just didn't want to get into that so I just I just I didn't want to know what was going on in there I just wanted to shut it down.
0: Yeah. So,
2: So for me, uh, I I had to I had to, you know, make it inconvenient. You talk about this. Yeah, strategy of inconvenience. Yeah, and so my inconvenience for the iPhone is that you can turn off Safari. You can actually go into the restrictions, like as if it was you know your child's phone, and turn it off.
1: In, that's in settings.
2: In settings, yeah, okay. and I deleted. Like
1: I'm that. I'm that I, basic. In yeah. My yeah. No, 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 no.
2: I mean, no. Most people don't know that because you'd yeah. have to. It's a weird thing. You go into you know and find restrictions, and you can turn it off. You can, you can you know I can uninstall, add, uninstall Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Anything that had like an, an infinite stream of stuff. Right. And I deleted my mail account from the phone, and then... You I deleted
1: was, your mail Yeah, from your
2: phone. Yeah, yeah. Because I wow. mean, there could always be something on there. Whoa. You know? So it's just
1: a phone at this point.
2: You could
0: have like a flip phone. It's
2: also a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> it's also a what?
0: Camera.
1: Oh, a camera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, Google a fl- Maps, a flashlight. Google. Well, Google Maps is an example of a thing that I love it, but I would never be distracted. No, by no, no, right. Exactly. Okay, right? I'd never be flipping through states yeah. or something. It's not yeah. even yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. like right. how
0: do I get so into
3: so? And right, so? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's yeah. just
2: yeah. not, you know. And yeah. so, anything that's like a tool like that, there are all these amazing things that a smartphone can do, yeah. that are like, you know, short of that. So, and then the other thing was for for being able to write to find mm, writing time, yeah. uh, which is, you guys know, it's yeah. hard. It's yeah. like, and I'm, I, will, I will definitely read anything to put off writing. Yeah. Um, and uh, if, so what I did was, if there's these timers you can get for when you're going on vacation and you plug a light into it, yeah. and then you set, like, turn it on at this time, turn it off at that time. I got one of those and I plugged the internet router into that, and, then, oh. and then like every night, you know, come like 9.30 or 10 o'clock, the internet just turns off, and I like, I have to make something if I want to be entertained. So, right. wow. um, right. yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I am that untrustworthy that I right, have to, right. like, <laughs> <laughs> actually set sure it, it down. I'm sure it helps
0: with time with your kids, too. It does. It totally does. I mean, you're much more present. present of course. That's yeah. what we're all so the, struggling with. Yeah. yeah, no,
1: it's the strategy of inconvenience. If it's really super, if you had to, you could turn it back on, yeah. but it's hard. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Well, that's a great idea. So, thank you, Jake, so much for coming here. Great to talk to you. Thank Thank you so much,
0: Jake. Thank you.
1: So you, uh, audience members, had the opportunity to submit your New Year's resolutions by email so that we could give, um, give you some possible ideas about how you might stick to your New Year's resolutions. And there's, this is actually really good timing, because research shows that by mid-February, about 80% of people have abandoned their New Year's resolutions. So we're coming up on mid-February, so now's the time to get that little bit of extra boost uh, for your New Year's resolution.
0: Okay, so Henry picked two names, two people, and the first one we've got is Aaron who wants to slow down, focus on family and not sweat the small stuff. So Aaron, I hope you you're here. Are you here? Can you come on down? Aaron. We have an Aaron. Oh god. Do we not have Oh, there she is. Hey. Yay! Yay! Gretch. Well, she's coming down. I have to say, have you noticed how many uh, emails we got from upholders? Yes, we
1: got so many upholder emails. Yes,
0: because like you, they love resolutions and they love keeping resolutions. Yeah. But they're all doing a great job. Yeah, so they we all didn't have, have like anything a whole to plan. talk to upholders about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hey. hey, hi, thank Aaron. you so much. Hi. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> We're easy, we're easy. Are yeah, you okay? I'm you. really
5: afraid of public speaking.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> well, you heard us. No yeah, judgment yeah, yeah, yeah. here. Say, uh, and you know as many times as uh-huh. you want. <laughs> and it's okay, okay if you hyperventilate, too. All right. Um, okay, so where are you from, Erin? Uh, I'm all? from Half Moon Bay. So okay. just oh, a little great. south of here.
5: Nearby. And Nearby. are you, do you know your tendency? I took the quiz and my friends all said, I bet you're an uh, upholder, Ah. but I actually am a obliger. Okay. So I think I fit somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Okay. Okay.
0: I think some like really hardcore obligers seem like upholders because they get so much done. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Well, can you tell us, like I sort of said what your, your new year's resolution
5: is, but do you want to talk to us about it and why? Uh, so, I have two very young children. Okay. One of them just turned four, and the other one will be two. Oh,
1: wow. That is. And
5: I teach middle school, uh, oh, wow. and I teach more than full-time, and I'm insanely type A. Uh-huh. Okay. So, I have constant lists, and there's tons of things to do, and I'm constantly running around like, okay, but I didn't get these other 400 things yes. done today. So... I decided this year my if I'm going to make a New Year's resolution, it needs to be to remove something oh. from my 500 list instead of add. Um, so I'm the kind of person who's trying to multitask and be present with my kids and check email on my phone and lesson plan and grade all at the same time. So I'm trying to focus on slowing down uh-huh. because I literally will run from one place to the next, thinking that those you know two and a half seconds I save Will actually allow me to get more done in my day, which is stupid because I'm just more stressed out. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I'm trying to slow down. I'm trying to make sure that I put my phone away so I'm not checking my email. Oh, that's smart. um, When I'm home with my kids, because I'm only home with them for a few hours a day, and to uh, not sweat the small stuff, because I'm very Type A-ish, which is like if things are out. I'm messy, but like, if my husband leaves the cabinet open, I'm like, why didn't you close the freaking right. cabinet? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> and it's not important. And no. so I need to just feel like it takes me half a second to close the cabinet. It's not a big deal. So those are my resolutions those are great. So those, great are, resolutions. those are three great resolutions so what' here, should
0: she
1: do so here's one thing I would say as like a booster um, because mm-hmm. I am like a happiness bully yes um, <laughs> uh, like don't like to slow down it totally get that that Thoreau has this wonderful line where he said I love a broad margin to my life um, and I think that's sort of what you want is sort of more breathing space but it's it's I think it seems a little abstract. Can you think of specific, yeah. like, how are you specifically going to slow down? Are you going to give yourself more time for a commute? Are you going to try to do fewer errands on your way home from work? Like, what? Like I think, how do you make me that specific? I think it
5: really is less multitasking. Like, I, I think, okay, well, if I can make dinner and have a conversation and do this, I'm accomplishing three things at once. Right. But really, I'm just turning into this giant ball of stress that no one wants to be around. So to be like, maybe not even slow down, but like focus on the one thing that really me- needs to be done at that point in time. So should she say, like, OK, one thing at a time? Like
0: yeah,
1: that's one, a, yeah, like one thing. One thing she, th- and is there, is there a time of day where this is a particular problem? Like, again, it's like, I think the more concrete you can sort of envision what it's going to look like, the easier I mean, it is to stick to it.
5: Is it really annoying to say that that's how I am all day long? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like at no, school, it's not <laughs> annoying. <laughs> no, 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 Yes, it's annoying. No, 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 no. Annoying.
1: Yeah. no, no, no. But, like, but like at school you're probably not like that, right? Oh, I totally
5: am. I'm like lesson planning and talking to a student while secretly looking at email and checking the other five kids behind me. <laughs> oh, oh really? So do you think it affects your teaching? I mean, it probably helps me as a teacher, but not so much in the rest of my life. Where do you think like it's worst?
1: Like, where, is it where, is mo- it where does worst? it cost you the most, like, the most stress or the most anxiety? Or like, do you, like where you constantly are forgetting
5: things? Between like getting- 5 and 6 p.m. Okay. In the not-so-happy hour, where like the wheels come off Right, of right. And <laughs> everybody's hungry, everybody's, everybody's tired. Everybody's hungry, everyone's crying. Like, my husband does not know how to turn off the internet, so he's like checking, and I'm like, get off the internet and help me! Right, and right. And I'm trying to do 500 things. And, and okay. then I feel like I'm, I'm literally, like, the microwave is here and the stove is here, and the refrigerator is there, there's less than 10 feet, and I'm running back and forth as if that's going to save me time, right? which is not.
1: So maybe that's the thing is to do, is just from 5 to 6, like just to sort of get into the habit of not multitasking. Yes. Because it sounds like it's a ubiquitous aspect of how you live your life. It might be hard to just kind of tackle it all at once, just really focus on it focus then. Focus on it, time frame. Yeah, yeah, To say, like, okay, in this period, I'm really just going to slow it down, and do one thing at a time,
5: and see if that works. I feel like I just totally overshared way too much. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wow. Oh no, my god. I mean, god. How, many, how many people here feel that way,
0: right? I mean, it's like, this is. I think we all relate to this. So, Aaron, we're gonna get your information and have you come on the show in a few months and we're gonna see how you're
5: doing. So, yes. we'll see if no change, pressure No pressure. Happy bullying. Because I am a uh, obliger, that will hold me to good, good, it good, and I will okay, probably Good. Be good. good.
0: We expect you to follow this. So, okay. all right, you can go back and relax now, okay. this is over. Excellent, thank you, Erin, <laughs> what right a great job. Right Okay. All right. Second victim is uh, Lauren. Lauren is an obliger, Gretchen, who wants to spend more time with her friends. She was in the front row.
1: Henry's being silly with the music. Hi,
0: Lauren. Hey, Lauren. Got
3: any of those beta blockers? Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> it takes take an hour to kick in, so it wouldn't even help if I gave it to you now. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, yeah. Here, bring uh, it in a little. No, oh, just, yeah, move just, your. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you, your resolution was to spend more time with your friends. So I'd love to. Just to hear more about that, like what's not working now. Okay. Because yes, you were, you
1: were, I'm, you were think about this a lot yourself. I do, yeah. yes. And
0: I've talked about this on the show, and this is a happiness demerit, ongoing one in my life.
1: So
3: I'm a morning person, and I do, a, you know, a lot during the day, always moving. I have my own business, and by the time seven o'clock comes, when everyone gets together, I'm done, and I just want to like kick back and relax. And they're like, woohoo, let's drink wine and eat cheese, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. And then, and I'm also all or nothing. And so I can't, I don't just go and have like one glass of wine. I'm like, I'm already asleep. So I might as well just have a glass to wake myself up and right. talk and have fun. And then, but so I've been saying no, you know, I've been, a, you know, I'm an obliger. I'm kind of tired of being an obliger. I'm just like, I'm just want to be. Gretchen I say. <laughs> I'm just like I want to be me I just yeah. want to do what I yeah. want to do yeah. I'm yeah. done I'm like I think I'm getting old I'm like I'm done with this okay, okay. Yeah. I, don't I just wanna... have to interject oblige your rebellion yeah classic yeah. well what is yeah. that I don't know yeah. I mean I yeah. think yeah. I've always just done what other I've always said yes so now I'm just like said no so this past year I've been saying no and now every and I don't even apologize I'm like oh no I can't make it and I think they they understand but after a while they're not going to invite me and i'm not going to and they're all getting together and having fun and making memories and i'm like you know what it's not worth it i'd rather go and have fun and be a little tired the next day and have a life like so now i'm trying to figure out how to actually you know have a script for myself how am i going to do this how am i going to go and have one glass of wine, or I'm gonna be asleep, or am I gonna drink coffee before? Like I have to start saying yes. So right. So you feel like
1: the way that they're getting together doesn't really work for your nature, and yet you want the relationships, and you miss the chance to connect right. with your friends.
3: Right when they yeah when they say oh we're all gonna meet up and you know it's last minute and I'm just like oh my god I just I just want to do you know I just want to hang out and you know go to bed at ten because I get up early and right work out or you know work or it, whatever. So can I ask you? Um, okay, so here comes yeah. the. Okay, okay.
1: Um, could you ask them to get together in a different way? Because it sounds like what's not working for you is having drinks and like wine yeah. and cheese at night. I thought like, about that. I could, was like,
3: what? But what I I thought, you know, what do we do? Like, what else do we do? I don't know. Bowl? I don't know. I'm trying to. I've actually I have thought of this. I'm like. What am I going to suggest that we do? It's 7 o'clock. Everyone's going to have dinner. We're all going to, you know. Oh, well, what about, like, could you have brunch? Could you go yeah. for a hike? You know, I mean, Did even I even thought I was thinking, okay, if I have them over, I could say come over at 6, but I feel weird saying, okay, everyone's got to oh, no. No, get we, out. No, we just talked about this on the yeah. podcast. Control your exit because somebody's yes. advice I know, was, but not at my house. I have to be like, we have to go to someone else's right. house. I have to make sure I drive so I can, like, scooch out but and not tell anybody, like yeah, you yeah. said. Ghosting out, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sneak out. <laughs> But But then the problem is I get like, I'm having fun. Yes. And then I don't leave. I'm like the last one there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you feel lousy the next day. And then I'm like, gosh, darn it. Like, why can't I? It's all or nothing. It's like, I can't just be like, okay, that was great. Okay. So you
1: described yourself as an abstainer. So you're an all or nothing kind of person. Could you go and just not have any wine? Because it sounds like part of it is like you have a lot of wine and then you feel the lousy the next day. I probably wouldn't.
3: I would have a glass of wine for sure. But But what what if you had no wine? I think it would be okay. I mean, I've done that before. I've been the designated driver or whatever, and and it's not bad. It's and then okay. do you leave on
0: time? Because it's probably, probably. it's
3: probably the yes. line
0: that starts getting, For you know what? Sure. I'm actually going to feel great tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Denial. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, yeah. we've all done it. Right. And then, it, you know, the next morning you do not no, feel you're like, great because you I stayed thinking? up so mm-hmm. whatever time right.
1: but but and it also sounds like a big like what's part of it is like you don't want to be overtired you sort of don't want to like like you're tired that night you're tired the next morning so right. maybe if you're not tired the next morning then it won't it won't feel like such a it won't feel like such a thing that's sucking
3: out yeah. of you and then the next time I'm, i'll remember it in a good way i won't be like oh it made me tired so it's not worth it now, but would your friends be like okay with that or would they be yes, like no come on sure. you
1: need to like it's not fast, no. festive if you don't no not they'd be they would be yeah, understanding yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, they probably wouldn't even notice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they'd yeah. just be like, more wine for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, do you think that, like, but going out at seven, it's still like the end of your work day and and, and are you tired? Yeah, do you, it's the could whole you do of a it's getting
3: over the hump of like of going out and yeah. like saying, okay, I got to get. Yeah. like I work I out of my house, I'm usually Ugh. wearing my workout clothes. I don't know. Uh. I mean, this is like hello. This is like hours. Oh. right here. You know, I was like, I don't even want to, it's a lot of work. It's like, I just want to go. No, if, if I have
1: on mascara or lipstick, yeah. my children are like, mommy, why do you look so yeah. pretty? Yeah. And you're like, where are you, uh-huh. where are you going? <laughs> oh, and I'm yeah. like, I
3: know I'm put on mascara. Well, what
0: I would say to that is if you know you have plans with your friends, yeah. get dressed up in the morning. Oh, that's yeah. a good
3: idea. So that's-
0: energy. Yeah, yes. So that you're not yes, having to yes, do yes. it. At, at, Cause I, I you're know right. this. Yeah, I know this um not having to do it at 5 30. i'm someone who can actually wear sweatpants to work so i'm that's what even i get do the other work.
3: thing i've done before is i show up in my workout clothes yeah and they don't which care. i'm sure no one they cares. don't care yeah they yeah. don't but i sometimes you're just like all right enough already put on some clothes well, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm so excited to see if this if this works if this works, i know, I know. Yeah, okay yeah, I know. so we're gonna have yeah. you on the show yeah we'll okay there in a few months okay and you're gonna tell us i know i'm just gonna okay. say yes if they invite me i'm gonna do it. Excellent. Well, thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Lauren. All right. Thank you to Lauren and Aaron. Gretchen, they subjected themselves to your happiness bullying. Yes. yes. Hopefully that'll be successful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's give them another round of applause for coming up here and being such good for us. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that, and kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high-heat processing, making it an ultra-processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby loves the Farmer's Dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me.
0: Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier.
1: So Elizabeth, unfortunately, it's your turn to have the demerit.
0: Oh Yeah, okay, it's fitting because we were just talking about uh, New Year's resolutions and you'll remember I talked on the show about my New Year's resolution, uh, which was to start back on Jenny Craig. Love talking about this in front of 350 people. <laughs> this is great. Uh, very different from being in my office um anyway okay i've been doing well with it okay that's fine but the second that i was in the airport on the way to san francisco i did the old i'm on vacation and uh, loophole you know all of it and i you know and i i've just blown it
1: yeah. Well, there's so many loopholes because there's the you know it doesn't matter. I'm traveling. A lack of control loophole. The tomorrow loophole. Moral licensing loophole. Yeah, it's a special occasion. Yeah. 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 You only live once. Fake self-actualization. Yeah. Life's too short. On it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 So. And you know, I mean, but, but I've
0: been but I've been with you, and you haven't been eating that badly. We've been we've been eating uh, well, together. Well, I was sneaking. We went to the most. <laughs> Okay, we went to the most amazing Walgreens. Yes, the Walgreens in San Francisco are like—I mean, Dean and Deluca—and I was just marveling at all the amazing healthy food. And I got two bags of chips, Um, and I took them to my hotel room, and I and I ate them. Um, So that's really, really bad, chips. Well, you know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I thought I was with you every minute, but okay, okay. okay. So, okay. Uh, so, yeah, okay. So, so that's my happiness to because I you know, I wanna do this. I, I wanna do it. I don't want to just flop all over the place. Right. And I don't want this to be the start of a bad trend. Right. I want to get back on it when I get back. So that's my happiness to
1: Right. But maybe you want to start tomorrow. Uh
0: we'll talk. We'll talk <laughs> after the show. Okay. All right. What is your gold star? Match? Gold
1: star. Well, this gold star is inspired because we just hit a very important anniversary for my family. And so I want to hit, give a big gold star to Jamie's liver doctor, who's this amazing doctor, Dr. Leona Kim Schluger of Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City. So Jamie, um, when he was eight years old, he got hepatitis C from a blood transfusion that he got during a heart operation. And at that time, they didn't know about hepatitis C, so they didn't screen for it when you got blood. And so the thing about hepatitis C is that it attacks your liver. But it takes its time. It has like a 30-year um, you know, kind of period that it goes through. But so Jamie got this when he was eight years old. So by the time he was 38, like, we were really, really concerned about his liver. and. Dr. Kim was just so amazing. She is like the doctor that you fantasize about because she was so caring and we had so much faith in her judgment. And I mean, I remember there was this one day where we were in her office and she said, she's this tiny little person. She said "Like with such ferocity, Jamie, science is going to solve this. We just need to hang on to your liver and i mean i felt like she was just gonna personally reach in there (laughs) hang on to that that liver (laughs) and she was right you know science did solve it so this new medication came on the market jamie went on at the week it was approved and he was cured so january last year he was cured it's amazing and um you know i will never forget the email that i got where it was like about the virus non-detected you know, it was just like amazing. So I really want to give a gold star to her. But uh, sort of related, um, I can't miss the opportunity to give this pitch. I mean, Jamie got to keep his liver, and it is a miracle. Um, but it could have come, it could have turned out really, really differently. And so, if you want to give yourself a gold star, and if you support organ donation. Take a minute and sign the donor registry. You can sign up at Organize.org. That's Organize.org. Uh, clever name, Organize.org. Or even now, if you will, like if you put something on social media with a hashtag #OrganDonor, they are, they track that as evidence of your intention. Um, because one, you could take once, you could do it right now, and in one second of effort, you could end up saving the lives of eight people. Um, it is. It's. It's. Uh, it's just an extraordinary thing, an extraordinary privilege to be able to be an organ donor. And so I just want. I just every year I just think of how fortunate we are and how much Dr. Kim was a part of that whole process. So I want to give a gold star to Dr. Kim
0: and to all the great doctors. And to all great there. doctors. Gold
1: and to all star great for good oh, yeah. doctors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that's it for this episode of Happier, the very special episode live in San Francisco.
0: And remember, stay after the show because Gretchen will sign your books and we'll be around to chat. And also we have uh, gold stars and happier tattoos for everyone. I love temporary tattoos. She does.
1: We want to give a huge thanks to our two terrific guests, Nir Ale and Jake Knapp, and also to our two brave, excellent, awesome audience volunteers, Erin and Lauren.
0: Yeah. Yay. Yeah. 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 Thanks to our producer, Henry Malofsky. Yeah, he we love. We were so happy that he was here with us tonight. Thanks, as always, to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers of Panoply, Thanks to Holly Allen for making our great slides tonight. And big special thanks to Faith Smith for helping to organize this event. Thank you. Yep. Wow. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at gretchenrubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. And our email is still podcast <laughs> at GretchenRubin.com. And gold star to anybody who rated and reviewed our episode you know, during the show. So until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft.
1: And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward Onward, and Upward! all at your fingertips, homes.com. We've done your homework.